Hello. Thanks for listening to Tea with Terry. We hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. And if you are, we'd appreciate you hitting the like button and maybe leaving a review and uh, also subscribing. If you'd like to contact us, reach out to us on Instagram at Tea with Terry Podcast. Now, on to the show. Hey, everyone. Well, we are one last week waiting for Terry to recover. She has had her surgery and as much fun as it would have been to talk to her on her heavy pain meds, we decided to go ahead and just skip this week and we'll get back together next week. So this is uh, an episode that we had recorded prior that never aired and we're going to hopefully you enjoy it. So have a good one. Talk to you next week. You know, I tell you right now, this not being able to travel for work has just been awesome. Like me being home all the time. I like being home. I just get annoyed whenever I can't go do things because whoever I know is like too scared that there's a bug somewhere that they're going to get. And I'm like, let's just go. Let's just get out in the world and go do it and can't do it. Well, I'm fine if we can do it outside. Like we did go eat on a patio and I did just book a little trip for um, my birthday weekend and I'm super jazzed about it. So that will be exciting. I found... Are you ready for this? Right in between Dallas and San Marcos, where Zoe lives, I found a farm, like a real working farm. And it's precious. It looks like a little postcard. And so the people come in the morning and the people come at night to care for all the animals. And you're allowed to like touch them. You just can't go inside their, you know, whatever enclosure without somebody there. And it's on like six acres. It's totally by itself and it's just it's got goats and pigs and cows and ducks and chickens and kittens and puppies and just it just looks like utopia very excited wow that's the opposite of any vacation i would take but it does sound perfect for you man i was looking at um different you know you know me i've been wanting to buy land out in utah and i keep looking at every once in a while and then this thing came up in north carolina it was a farm that it was an old farm that had been converted to an organic farm it was on six and a half acres had a farmhouse on it with like three bedrooms four baths and it was like six hundred and seventy thousand dollars and it was and it was a working farm that you could buy that's called a that's called a gentleman's farm and that's what that's what the one that we're going to for my birthday yeah, that's but, what that is i mean would you hear the the whole price of it, it was six hundred fifty thousand with land and all it's amazing yeah. i know north carolina is probably where keith and i will end up you know fast forward 10 years it's so pretty leaves change it doesn't get that freezy um but i would like to just have like 10 animals total as long as one you know, of them is an alpaca I, i'm on board yeah, you can get one of those. Yeah. And those are supposed to be good. Like donkeys are good for keeping away coyotes. I think alpacas are good for that too. Like they'll they'll kick <laughs> alpacas, them. Maybe no. I'm thinking about a llama yeah, alpacas or a camel. You're thinking of llamas. Alpaca, alpaca is exactly on the menu for a coyote. But alpacas are cute and you can uh, you can make your, your farm declared as a farm with alpaca because of the well, wool. Well, and you can also put some bees and you don't have to take care of them but if you put bees on your land you get you get something back like half yeah, I the taxes try, i tried I to actually do, talk lisa into doing a beehive in our place and that that conversation well, all you have to no do time. is just um designate the area and somebody else will do it you've got a lot of land here yeah the problem we, we, have, we have kids and stuff that are in the area and you have to make sure that they're spacing where they wouldn't get around the beehive and i could do it but then i'd basically have to wall off a big portion of the yard because of the kids I well, when are you going to let me put my chickens at your house? I'm not going to let you put chickens at my house. 
What if they're the pretty kind? I don't care if they're pretty or ugly. I don't want chickens at my house. But you sound very sure of yourself. (laughs) This is one thing I'm absolutely sure. But anyway, I think it's time for us to get to the subject of this week's show. The subject of the show is chickens. No, I've, I've got it. So this is what things good have come out of the pandemic. What amazingly awesome, great things that should never have happened in the real world has happened in the pandemic. A lot of people have adopted dogs and cats. The shelters are really doing great right now because you've got families that shouldn't be together that are like the college kids didn't go back to campus. So I read this big thing about how wonderful it is that people are, you know, taking time to adopt animals. And for us, the same thing could apply. I mean, McLovin, every day that goes by is on, you know, God's time. So when I think about March, April, May, you know, the girls were here with the dog when they probably wouldn't have typically have been here with the dog. So he's gotten so spoiled and Darla too, just having the kids around a lot more. Um, they both just love their kids. They were just very, well, very happy that, that those, their children were Those home. are all good points, but that isn't the number one thing that I think that is that we can easily point to as why the pandemic has caused some amazingly great things to happen. But uh, by the way, there's a concern I've read about that. And it is nice about people um, uh, adopting dogs. But uh, the, what I'm really worried about is when the pandemic is over and everybody goes back to their lives, how many of these dogs are going to get thrown back into the shelters? Well, I think they won't be because I hope not, they got them as puppies and they've trained them. So by the time everybody goes back, they won't be puppies anymore. They'll be all housebroken. And I mean, dogs can be alone for hours and hours. I know, They'll but be people fine. suck. And, and when, well, people suck all the time. Right. I mean, and that's they're like, well, I don't want to take care fact. of this dog anymore because now I got things I want to go do and I, get, I got places I want to go on the weekends. Well, I and, mean, not to put a downturn on it, but any college town will tell you, you know, the kids start college in August. All the kids rush out and get puppies and then they just dump them when they go home at, in May when those two semesters are over. They, just, they don't even take them to the shelter. They just like put them out the front door. That's amazing. Fayetteville has a really big, big, big problem with um, the the college kids doing that because their parents are like, oh, heck no, you're not bringing, you know, Chuck the dog home. And they're like, whatever, bye, Chuck. So I don't get it. I mean, I've always been raised with animals. I wouldn't know what to do about them. I can't imagine doing that to any, any, like like the guinea pig we had, which Noel didn't like anymore. And I could, I would ready for the guinea pig to move on to the next life i, I wouldn't have done anything to that that's a cute little creature it didn't you know we finally found a home for him but we had him for like eight months when we didn't really want him but we were well, like i know eh. i think I, is that the one i found for you little buddy uh, uh what little buddy somebody in my neighborhood was giving him away and y'all got him and his cage and all of his no fluffy stuff no no and his little no thing. i know we got him from the guinea pig shelter with, with another guinea pig who passed away and then this well, the, what, what happened to little buddy I don't think we had little buddy. Yes, you did. Ask Lisa. Okay. A little buddy. I'm going to make a little note. A little buddy. So anyway, so what other amazingly great, awesome, tremendously unexpected things have happened because of the pandemic? Well, I cleaned out my coat closet. Okay. You're way, way under, under shooting on this. Um, cooking at home a lot. I mean, a, nope. a, a, I cooked every single meal for three months. Nope. That's what I said for Thanksgiving. All I'm making is reservations. Yeah. Um, okay. What wonderful, wonderful things have happened during this pandemic? Mm. Movie night. Unprecedented things that came about. And you got to say the pandemic was 
was partially, if not fully, responsible for. Something has never happened in the history of this country happened last week. Okay, I give up. What? Oh, my gosh. ULL is in the top 25 teams of fo- college football. They're number that 19. That is pretty incredible. No, not that pretty incredible. pretty incredible. That, anybody doesn't know my college alma mater, which is University of Louisiana Lafayette, used to be called USL. Right. We, you know all my little cousins go there. I know. I know. And the, And then this is – we have never been – we've only beaten a top 25 team twice once was a&m back in like 96 or 95 um uh, when we had uh uh, two players brandon stokely and who's the quarterback played for carolina um anyway a friend of the show but he would know the answer two 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 players that went and and they they both went super bowls and we still didn't have a winning season but we did manage to beat a&m by like two points and carry the goalpost. and then last week we beat ohio um, um iowa on the road, they were they were ranked 23rd in the nation. We've never beaten a, a ranked team on the nation. I mean, on the road, we've only this is only our second ranked team ever. We've only you know prior to the current. That's very so. Is it going to bring? I know you're not a huge football fan. Is this going to pull you in? I am a big football fan for the Cajuns. It's just you know you. It's kind of like going to watch something, and then every time you watch something, it, it's it'd be like going to watch your favorite tennis star, and they never can get a serve over the net. Well, it's like going to watch University of Arkansas play. I mean, I love Phoebe, and the and the the school is gorgeous, and the stadium is precious. They did not win a single conference game last year. Yeah, but that's but they have a tradition of winning. They just have a bad team right now. I don't now. think they do. Oh, they've they've been they they've been into the the SEC championship. They've they've been. I don't think they have. I'm pretty sure they have. But anyway. They've had winning seasons regularly. Yeah, I went to LSU, so I'm used to how that feels. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, well, that's because welcome. yeah. Well, because whenever you steal all the all the prospects from everybody in the South, go to you in Alabama. Oh, wow! You have all of the number one, number two prospects. I think it's a lot of prospects. coaching, what? and you know, it's 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 a, it was a crazy team last year, just because you know Joe Burrow was injured and transferred, and you know Coach O was just supposed to be the interim coach. He wasn't supposed to be, you know, there forever. Okay, okay. We're not talking and, about LSU. We're talking about USL. Well, I am. I'm just saying it wasn't supposed to be the way that it turned out. So possibly ULL, if that's something good that becomes, you know, they they play Zoe School. I think that's part of their conference games. And the Bobcats, um, yeah, I can't say they've ever yeah. had a off the chart team. Oh, oh, they're, they're horrible. They're everybody, because yeah, their old team just bad. floats down the river every week and they don't really practice. Yeah, exactly, because they're all out getting boozy on Friday and they're like, oh crap, what time's the game tomorrow? So it's not like they are it's taking it seriously. So I'm very excited for the Cajuns. They deserve to have a yeah. they deserve to have a good strong year so well, i would it's definitely not, it's be not watching. just that they're in they're they're number 19 they're they're That's in the exciting. top 25 i don't like we are in end times i swear this is one of the seals that they break open whenever the horsemen are there because it's not it's like it's like snowing in cuba it doesn't happen like, I didn't have it on my bingo card, but I'm sure somebody did. Yeah, You're it, right. Uh, the the idea of the deal. Cajuns going into top 25, and all I can say is there's no – if we didn't have a worldwide pandemic, that's the only okay, thing wait, I can – Drew Brees did beat Tom Brady yeah, two weeks ago, right? Okay, Last good, week, good, okay. yeah, and and the Saints are playing tonight. And um, uh, Who are they playing? They're playing Las Vegas, uh, John Gruden's team. 
and and I have Emmanuel Sanders and their kicker Lutz, and I need them to have a good night so I can win my week. So um, well, I am sad. I mean, there was nothing more enjoyable than to go back to Baton Rouge for you know usually at least one game every season so I am definitely going to miss that but my very best friend Kelly that I grew up with she posted on um, Facebook today that they had they rotated their their tickets they opted out their season tickets but she has cutouts of her whole family so they'll all be in the stands I think that's really cool all five of them are going to be in the stands as cardboard cutouts interesting for the game I know because they can't fill the stadium. I know. Well, that's it's interesting to watch them doing that. But anyway, so back to ULL. So okay. So they are because this will be the only conversation because the sanity will return to top twenty-five and the ULL will be out of it and the world will go back to the way it's supposed to be. So anyway, I couldn't believe I didn't know about it until one of the kids I used to coach said ULL's in the top twenty-five with a couple question marks, and I was like. Yeah, well, I don't, I don't know what your joke is, but let me go look, and then I couldn't believe it. So, anyway, I just wanted to say, at least if we had to, it, it, it took a worldwide pandemic, but if that's what it took to get the Cajuns why into do you the top think it wasn't? Why do you think it wasn't just um, good recruited talent and good coaching, and um, you know some of the other things like the Bermuda Triangle that just came together? Like, why do you think? This can be attributed to a worldwide pandemic. Because a lot of the big teams that would have already started playing and started ramping up into the top 25 aren't playing yet. So they're not getting ranked. They're not moving up because not everybody's playing football. And if you look at USL's team, they're, they're a nice little team. But it's like boys versus men when you put them next to an LSU or an Arkansas or a Texas A&M because they got all the tier, they got all the, the, the tier one prospect recruits. Their linebackers are 240 pounds. Our linebackers are 195. You know, their linemen are 300 pounds. Our linemen are right. 240. Right. I mean, I get that. They're not going like to hold up got, four quarters against one of these SEC teams. They can't. When you've got the SEC doing their thing and then whatever um, conference ULL and um, Texas State are in. Okay. So if they just stick within their conference games, you know, so you're comparing apples to apples yeah, on but, every but side. Yeah, but the NCAA double top 25, it's not apples to apples. This, this is all you know all 120 teams in the conference well it'll all wash out i hope they end up i hope it doesn't wash there. out i hope i hope it stays the way it is no i'm but, saying but, maybe it'll you know uh, they'll stay where they they are now well, they're playing their their achilles heel appalachian state who's ranked 22nd in the country uh this weekend so that'll be a big game but anyway i i never will ever Go get a Cajuns. chance yeah never get a chance to talk about the cajuns and i i think i told you about when we went down and saw the bowl game and uh you know kelly our friend yeah down there too yes. but we were walking and this is so for anybody that doesn't know so the cajuns had not been to a bowl game since world war ii prior to like 2010 when we went to our first game so well, our first bowl game under a husband, the, the the current coach, or the coach that was there, he he since left. But so we and we had been to one bowl game in '71 and we lost it, and that was it. Never been in the top 25. It only beaten one top 25 team that was number 23 in the history of the school. So we weren't a powerhouse. So this is our like our first bowl game that we've ever gone to. And I'm walking around with my brother-in-law down in the Orleans, and we ran into this East Carolina. I think it was the second bowl game. For, I didn't get to go to the first one. So this is the second one we've ever gone to. And we're talking to this, this girl and her parents. And she's like, so is this the bowl game you guys always go to? 
<laughs> we're like, you don't yes. know anything about my school, do you? It's like, right. We're like, yeah. Yes. In fact, this is the second time in, I don't know, a century. Yeah, this is the one we, we always go to. So it was funny. But um, well, I remember when Hawaii went to the bowl game and it was in New Orleans and they played Georgia. And those fans that had come all the way from Hawaii were precious. And so we were watching the game and it was like, Georgia scored, Georgia scored, Georgia scored. I was like, oh man, I kind of started, you know, I don't like any team to go with no points on the board. So I started cheering for Hawaii a little bit. And um, I mean, maybe they got like one touchdown and a field goal or something, but those fans were precious. Loved them. They were so happy to be there. Well, I'll tell you what was nice is, you know, I was down there for the championship game the year the Saints went to the Super Bowl when we played uh, Minnesota and, um, uh, you know, with Brett Favre. And and my brother-in-law and I went down to that game. It was my top game in all sports history. But what I liked about it is we were walking around and we ran into a couple of these, you know, guys, our vintage age, uh, Minnesota fans. And we were just talking with them, saying, you know, how's your trip been and stuff. And they they said, you know what? We've been all over the country and doing all kinds of sports events, and the people here are the nicest people oh, we have ever. Oh, always great goes, to hear. And, and they're like, you know, they, they may go jalo. Ah, oh, we're going to take you out, but then they go buy you a beer, and they're talking. It's like, right, right. So, you know, you wear you wear a Brett Favre jersey at a playoff game in Detroit or in Philadelphia, and you see. You oh know, my God! Or at a Dallas, even game. Dallas. But he's like. You know what? Because the people, if you just said, honestly, we've had the best time here, and the people here are the nicest people. Well, that's what you want to hear. And, and because said, they go and home you know, and tell and, their friends. And, and we told them, so you know what? And if we lose, we'll be upset. But if you, when you go on Bourbon Street, nobody's going to want to fight you or anything else. People are going to buy you a beer to congratulate you and wish you luck going on. And it's, you know, because right, it's a game. Right, just stay on the main streets, though. Yeah, we, well, yeah, exactly. But I'm saying, you know, because the people down here, we, we like people and we, it's well, a game. Well, and you know? if you're it's a, a Saints fan and you've been a Saints fan for any length of time, especially in the late 70s and early 80s, there wasn't a whole lot of, like, and going on. So that city knows what it's like not to have their team be on top. Right. So they're just so excited. Like when the Saints won the Super Bowl, I mean, it just, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Who would have ever thought? No, it, they went from bags on their heads But it was, it was just nice to hear like, some people from up north coming down to the south and just seeing what it's all about. Because it, yeah. the truth well, is. Well, New Orleans a, is an awesome city. It's sad we've never been there together. Um, I did. I mean, I've spent, well, my family's there. So I've spent a lot of time in and out and upside down. And I love... I love New Orleans. Like it's one of my favorite places to go. It's an interesting town. I, I don't. It's like I, I don't know. I've been there enough times now that I'd rather go other places. But I, I, I do like it. It's it's got more character than almost any other town I've been in in the country. Well, and I think when you have your like favorite places that you know you can count on to always be what they are like the food's always going to be great the people are always going to be nice the view's always going to be fun then you're never let down it's when you start trying to go to the newest place that opened or maybe even the most expensive like some of those super bougie places it's just really all about the name it's not necessarily like what it is yeah, like Willie know- May's Scotch House if you haven't been there like you the next time you go you need to go and it's in a kind of sketch area but it is the best fried chicken and just... How about the chicken wings? How's the chicken wings? Oh, my gosh. No, they bring you this huge platter of fried chicken 
like three chickens of worth on one platter, like for your table. It is so good. Willie Mae's Scotch House. Are they, are they cooked in, in lards? Oh, I'm sure. And they probably don't rinse out their bucket. That's how you uh, make good fried chicken. Yeah. People can tell They you probably that. don't rinse their bucket every day. I can Why tell you that. Why would you do that? Why would you get rid of the... Uh... I don't know, but I, I, just, I just love it. I haven't looked to see if the pandemic affected it. Hopefully... It did not. Well, before we get to the very end, I, I think okay. we need to have a, a new segment of the show called Dad Joke of the Week. Okay. So, do you like dad jokes? Oh, my dad told a lot of jokes. All right. Most of them are Boudreaux and Thibodeau jokes. No, no. These are these are like one-liner kind of the, you know, the... He did the, not the, tell those kind of jokes. Oh, no. those are, These are what a dad joke is. You know what a dad joke is. No. I'm, like, my yeah. dad, when my dad told a joke, it went on for quite some time. Then that's not, that's a joke. They were probably funny. Dad jokes are inherently not funny. They were 50-50. I mean, sometimes I laughed were because they, they were so bad. And sometimes I laughed because he laughed, even though the joke itself wasn't that funny. And then sometimes they were funny. And sometimes they were inappropriate. And sometimes they were off color. And sometimes were they, they the were Boudreaux whatever. Were they the Thibodeau jokes? A lot of Boudreaux and Thibodeau. Yeah, we had sure. a lot of those. Tons, right, anyway, tons. So here I we don't go. know any dad jokes. Well, that's because you're not a dad. Oh, that's Is, true. So you're yeah. just going to tell it, and then I'm going to pretend to laugh. Yeah, no, you don't have to, because I actually have laugh tracks that I can just inject okay. into the audio. Right. That might be So you, you don't have to actually do anything on this. I can just make it all work. But anyway, so this one, I've got two, I got two dad jokes that I, I heard this week that I liked. Okay. And, and I may even throw in a third one. And then we don't have to do this every week, just when I hear a good dad joke. So this okay. one actually came from Lisa, so it's kind of a proxy wife dad joke. Okay. So anyway... So these two continents were drifting, and one of the continents drifted and hit the other one. And he goes, I'm sorry, my fault. Fault line. It? I get yeah. it. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, yeah. Take me a minute. Take uh, me a minute. Uh, I need to get the sound effect. Of, wah, 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 wah. I'll do it for you. Uh, wah, okay. Wah, wah. Okay. Wah. So what does the school nurse at the school for ghosts uh, in charge of doing? What is the school nurse at the school for Boom. ghosts? Boomerangs. Boom, boomer sooner. I don't know. She's fixes boo boos. Oh, see, I was so close. You were close. I thought you were gonna get it. I felt it. I felt it. It was. It was there. Well, I so, can get um, a dad joke, and I'm gonna tell you where, and it will only take me one second. Um, you know, I follow some very interesting people on Instagram, and there's this one little boy that when I started following him, he had 400 followers. 400. All right. Now, let's check on him. Shirley Temple King. Okay. Shirley Temple King has 244,000 followers. Basically, his parents have quit their jobs and they're just pushing this kid out there. So he goes to different restaurants and tries the Shirley Temple and rates it. And he's amazing. And I think everyone should follow him. Okay. Okay. How does that relate to dad jokes? Because he tells them, okay, what do you call a fruit that likes to tell jokes? Uh, a fruit cake. A cherry Seinfeld. <sighs> I know. Okay, I've got one more. Why did the che- Why did the teacher jump into the pool? Uh, I don't know. She wanted to test the water. <laughs> okay, and I take no credit, zero credit. This is 100% Shirley Temple King, and he even has his own laugh track. Oh, he's kicking me. Oh, you really can't hear him. He sounds like that dog, like... He kind of sounds like an old man. He's adorable. Hey I guys, just... Anyway, 
All right, here, precious. I got one other joke for you then. It's, okay. All right. So two, uh, two old strings walk into a bar, and the bartender said, hey, we don't serve your kind here. So they left the bar. They went around the corner, and then they tied themselves together. And then they come back towards the bar, and the bouncer says, wait, aren't you those two strings that I, I just threw out of here? And they go, no, we're afraid not. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. That's... That was that was painful. All right. Okay. I'm gonna painful do one more too. Okay. What does a cloud wear under his raincoat? What? Thunderwear. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna have to tell you that um, Shirley Temple King's jokes are um, equal, if not maybe a tad better. But I, most of the time when they're one-liners like that, like the fault line, it takes me a minute. Really? Yeah. You're not a pun person? I'm not like, punny. Really? If I'm punny, it's usually an accident, and then I don't know what I just did. Well, why can't you trust anything that an atom says? Because they make up everything. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. See, that's called chemistry humor. <laughs> oh, man. We got to get we gotta get you out more. Oktoberfest is just the tip. Okay, the, one last one last geek, geek joke. A neutron walks into a bar and he goes, "How much for a drink?" And the bartender says, "For you, no charge." Cuz neutrons don't have any charge, they're neutral. Oh. Okay. Yeah, and if you have any other dad jokes, send them to Tibetary Podcast oh. and we'll <laughs> and we will we will put them onto Nettie the games. Oh, yeah, yeah okay. exactly. <laughs> so, and uh by the way, uh I did put in a discount code for Tibetary for Netty Games if for Christmas when you're starting going in. Oh, that's Next exciting. Next week we're going to talk about some conspiracy theory cards. I'm going to quiz you on some of the new conspiracy theories cuz Oh my god, I can't wait. Cuz you haven't played the new game yet, have you? The new the travel no, version. No, and now that some of these conspiracy theories are starting to be you know talked about on you know cnn or i've been watching on instagram of course because i'm obsessed the free britney movement is really is really going forward i mean it is what it is free bit britney movement free britney you said britney's always in your conspiracy theory somewhere she is yeah Leave britney okay alone. well they're trying to free her she should Where be she? freed what, she's she been under a conservator. Dad? Yes. Yeah, she's been okay. under that conservatorship for just a little bit too long. So I think she's doing winking and blinking. Well, she shouldn't have helped the Bush campaign with their election because that's what she did. When she had her meltdown, it was to beg people to uh, ignore some corruption on the Bush campaign, according to the conspiracists. Okay. Did you know well, that? We can believe in some and not believe in others. I think that's a little far-fetched. I'm not even sure Brittany, you know, gun to her head, could tell you who was president five years ago. So Wait, you don't believe that one? No, I don't. I don't think Bush would need Brittany's help. I don't I don't think so either. I didn't say, look, just because I do the game doesn't mean that I right. bind all of them. Well, There's and a few some of them, them, every now and then, I'm like, wow, that's interesting. That could happen. And then the next one, I'm like, that's not even possible. And well, I did read that they have, well, you probably already knew this way before I did, but they've like unclassified some UFO stuff. And so there's this guy that even might've written a book about a Tic Tac spaceship that chased him around. Oh yeah. That, um, over off the coast of San Diego or something. Yeah. That's the Nimitz encounter actually, I think is what it is. But it's, the problem is, is that it's whenever they see something on radar, they see something visually they can't explain. It's a UFO. It doesn't mean well, that this guy said he got chased by a Tic Tac. Yeah. I, 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 it's a lot of people says a lot of amazingly crazy things and some of it could be true, but a lot of it is just, I mean, like, did you know Jim Jimmy Carter 
before he was president, reported seeing a UFO. On his peanut farm? It was actually it was somewhere where he was stationed or something, but it ended up because he really saw these lights and didn't know what they were, and he reported it, and they did an investigation. And it was like 10 years later, it was actually a secret program that they were launching these kind of test things. So it wasn't saying, he didn't say, I saw an alien. He said, I saw something right, in the air I, that did, I can't, can't explain. Identify. Well, Daddy was a pilot. And definitely when he was at the, honestly, like the Arctic Circle, and he only had a very, very small window to get out of there, or he was going to have to stay for like a couple months, like the weather changes or something. So his window to leave was short. And the way that my dad was able to get out was to take over the mail. And mail was a really huge, big deal. So you not only get the mail bag, I think you also get like a pistol and like you got to sign off on it back whenever this was. So like now it's your, you're in charge of mail so you can get on the next flight. And there was only one seat. So this Colonel or whoever was a, but my dad was a major. So whoever was a couple steps up was like, Hey, I'm going to actually need to take the mail and I'm going to need to get this seat. My dad was like, uh, not happening. And he took it anyway. And during that flight, like so many really very strange things happen. Um, Daddy was explaining something about the navigation and I guess like the um, instrument ratings because they only were going off instruments. There's, they couldn't see anything. Right. It was yeah, it's not visual, completely so it's just... icy. And his navigator was famous for like keeping the coordinates written or doing it an extra step. Like maybe you only needed to do it this way, but this guy did it that way and another way. And if that guy hadn't been on that plane my dad would have been lost because the guy that was actually supposed to be doing it was doing it wrong. And he was saying, wait, we only have this much gas, but we're only right here. And the other navigator was like, actually we're over here. So you're wrong about where we are. Like you're screwing this up. So he survived obviously, but there was a lot of twinkly blinkly, you know, things that, that daddy said, there's no explanation for what we saw. There shouldn't have been any aircraft. There shouldn't have been any things going on at the, certain time and there were other stories one of them that i love he was flying over um, so wait wait wait. let me ask you so your dad believed the alien ufo thing i don't know if he he definitely believed in unexplained things like we talked a lot i'm not, I'm not, like, I'm not judging at all i'm just asking I, like i said that there is a lot of people and there's a lot of stuff out there that people don't explain and don't understand well daddy explained the bermuda triangle people, though too what? To me, and just the Bermuda Triangle, how, you know, planes and boats and whatever would claim to have gone missing, you know, and like show back up again. He's yeah. like, I don't know if I believe in that, but there's obviously some sort of um, a force, whether it be metal or um, something that is going on in that area. So he, yeah. they don't the- fly around there. Well, and that's the thing about it is, is that, like, the same thing you talk about, like, in the Arctic circles and stuff, there's a lot of weird aerial things that happen because the atmosphere is so much different than it is. You know, it's it's thinner, and there's there's other things about it that things happen. And one of the things that you find with science is, is the, the more we learn, the more we realize how much we don't know about everything. Like, we don't really know why the Earth has a magnetic field. We think we do, well, and then all of a sudden things happen, and we're like, well, why is it weaker here, and why is it stronger here, and we don't know why. And, and they find out that half the assumptions they made are all wrong. So, Well, that's like following the science. But right. Daddy was telling me about this one flight. I'll tell it quick. Um, it had to have been in the Pacific Ocean because he would have been based in the Philippines at the time because I was yeah. born. And he was out on whatever maneuvers, just practice flights. 
and maybe he was going back and forth to Hawaii. Now I really he was don't a know. Pilot? Yeah. Okay. So he was possibly flying to Hawaii. I know he and my mom used to go there, but it was for work. Like he's not anyway. So he's flying. He's got his navigator. He's got his so and so, and he's like, "Hey, why don't y'all look down there? What do you see?" And there was a wake in a completely quiet part of the ocean, like not very far away from land. And the guy was like, oh, I think it's a pod of whales. And my dad was like, all right, well, let's see. So they followed this wake for like miles. That's how quiet the, the ocean was. He could keep following it. And it was a submarine and it had no. its little thing up and it was leaving a wake in the water. So oh, they the called periscope? it in. It was the periscope. So they call it in. They're like, we've got a submarine at, you know, 24 longitude, 45 platitude, whatever that is. And they call it in. And the people are like, there's there's no submarines in that area. And my dad was like, well, yeah, we, we already filled out the form, the navigator and the so-and-so. Like, we've all written it the same. We all saw what we saw, what we saw. And they were like, do you hear me? There are no submarines in that area. What you saw was a pot of whales and that's what your report is going to say <laughs> yeah exactly and i think it actually turned out to be like a russian sub like it wasn't supposed to be there like nobody knew that it was there they went on to investigate it and find out what the what what was but as far as my dad's paperwork went it was a pot of whales right but but they didn't want this in any official record yes. that was coming out so i used to love those stories like i'm, I'm interested by that well, now that we've finished with the government intrigue, UFOs, and tic-tac attacks, I think it's probably time that we wrap up the show. Thank you so much for taking out time to sit with us and enjoy jibber-jabber, nonsense, blah, blah. And, you know, maybe it, it took a load off. All right, Terry. Have a great one. Talk to you next week. Dawn, that's the end.